0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Voice of Smart Digital Manufacturing, a 10-part industry podcast dedicated to the industries of tomorrow and how they can be enablers of fundamental innovation and disruption, a place that brings the promise to allow today's listeners to meet tomorrow's innovation. I'm Bettina Brümper, and I'm your host with Siemens Global Marketing. Before we start, let's shortly really recap our last episode, where we talked with Silvio Suave about technological innovations in the Siemens Ops Center Execution Core family. We also discussed how Siemens' digital infrastructure and technological innovations are the keys to unlock advancements and innovations to industries at any levels. If you missed that episode, go back and take a listen. Today, in our fourth episode, we will focus on the electronics industry, We will talk about the global pandemic and how digitalization is helping electronics manufacturers to produce more at lower costs. So in particular, we will discuss how digitalization is supporting industry manufacturers to speed up the production innovation to market while lowering the costs. I'm pleased to introduce today's special guest, Aron Manner. He is the Director of Business Development for Digital Manufacturing at Siemens Digital Industry Software. Hi, Aaron. Thanks for joining us today. How are you?
1: I'm good. How about you?
0: I'm fine. Thanks for asking. So today we will talk about how digital infrastructure accelerates growth in the electronics industry of the future. Before we start, could you please share a little bit about your background and role at Siemens?
1: Sure. So I've been with um, with Siemens now for about nine years. I um, originally joined the Vado division of Mentor Graphics, and since the acquisition of Mentor by Siemens, I have joined the um, digital manufacturing segment, and is now really responsible for our portfolio for electronics manufacturing. I spent, you know, all my career really, uh, business development and sales positions around different types of soft software, a lot of manufacturing software, embedded software, and I'm, you know, very passionate about the technology. And I'm really trying to promote the digitalization and the automation of electronics manufacturing. And after living in, you know, a number of different cities, today I live in Tel Aviv.
0: Wow! Thank you, Aaron. It's really nice to have you here today. Hopefully, you're moving towards the end of uh, the COVID-19 pandemic in Israel. It for sure deeply changed our lives and everyday interactions, but it also had a huge impact on the manufacturing industries and the market scenarios. So, Aaron, also talking about the electronic industry, could you tell us more about the key changes on the manufacturing due to the current global pandemic?
1: Sure, I'll be happy to. And, you know, I think we've been talking about digitalization for years. And I think for for a number of years, people were saying, well, do we really need it? Right, I mean it sounds all great, but why can't I just, you know, physically come to the office and physically go to the production lines and physically meet everybody? And if needed, get on a plane and fly. And then suddenly, right about 18 months ago, this global pandemic hits us in the face, and suddenly all of this talk about digitalization became a real necessity and had, you know, massive impacts on on how our customer manufacture products and bring them to the market. One thing that that's very Significant is, is social distancing, right? I mean you cannot have everybody on the production lines or in the office when when you try to practice social distancing. And things that you don't necessarily have to do on the production lines, like pre-production, engineering, defining the bill of process, preparing the machine recipes, all of this stuff technically can be done far away from the machines and honestly even from your home. And suddenly customers started talking to us, well, how do we really do that? How do we do some of this pre-production and new product introduction activities away from the production lines for social distancing? The other thing is, you know, manufacturers needed suddenly much more flexibility where they manufacture the products. They really had to move production between sites. Now, we've been talking about this for years, but people always said, well, you know, yeah, uh, you know, shipping might be a little bit more expensive now, but moving it is such a hassle. Let's just keep making it in some place. But now suddenly, where COVID hit China, everybody said, "Okay, we have to get production out of China to Southeast Asia. But then the COVID leaped over there. So people said, okay, let's get it to Europe. And then COVID hit Europe. So people said, well, let's get back production over to China. But obviously, these production lines are not really identical. And moving them is not that trivial. And you have to have the digital twin and the machines and the software set up in order to be able to do that to really allow you to walk around these these local lockdowns and the inability to travel, right? I mean, how do we do new product introduction? We get on a plane, fly to the production lines and guide them as they do the new product introduction, where for the last 18 months, that's really not something you can do. We see that, you know, still there is a decrease in lot size, right? The batch sizes are getting smaller and smaller up to this magical lot size one. And the mix is getting higher and higher. Still, you have to do this with all of these COVID-19 implications, and maybe the final one was this global shortage of components in the electronics industry. It started because of COVID nineteen and the lockdowns, where they actually make all of the you know ICs and chips, right? But then the automotive industry initially. S- They halted the production because they thought, well, everybody's in lockdown. Who wants to drive cars? What really we all bought was networking equipment, right? Webcams, routers, more computers. Everybody suddenly needed more bandwidth and needed more computers at home. So they kind of picked up and consumed all of the available components. Now when they want to make... Cars again, they just don't have components available, and this means you have to make changes in the design and changes in your supply chain in order to, to be able to manufacture. If you just want to wait for this specific capacitor, you might have to wait for two years. so you have to use a, a similar capacitor, but it's not identical, which again is creating challenges for you, and you have to do revisions, you have to do new product introduction again. So I would say COVID has probably been. The key influence on this industry, if you look at the last decade, for sure.
0: So COVID really changed a lot. So Aaron, could you explain a little bit more how you managed to support the industries during the COVID-19 pandemic? And in your opinion, which solutions have been crucial?
1: Well, first of all, I have to say, uh, we've been working all through this crisis, you know, with our customers, with existing customers, as well as completely new customers, and trying to help them to digitalize their manufacturing operations and their whole factory when it comes to electronics manufacturing. Now, honestly, for us, it's easy, right? I mean, COVID hit, we took our laptop, we went home, we connected it, and we started working. So, as we don't have production machines, right, we don't have supply chain, for us, it was very easy to move our operations. But for our customers, it's much, much harder. They have physical assets, right? They have to get the material on the production lines. Somebody has to be there to run the production. But we started to work with them on how to create much more automated and unified PCB assembly engineering. So really what we try to do there is really try to um, get them a holistic and unified process. How do we take... Design data, electronic design data, which is usually CAD files, right? ECAD files coming either from the Siemens expedition tool or additional tools like Altium, Cadence, Zucan, taking a bill of material file, a BOM file, which is usually an Excel file, right? With, with a list of components and really. How do you take that, merge that, and create all of the assets to manufacture it for the first time? Now, you need multiple assets here, right? You need a program for the pick-and-place machine. You need inspection programs. We use a lot of inspections in PCB assembly. Automated solder paste inspection, optical inspection, x-ray inspection. We use different types of testing equipment. We have to design a a stencil. We have to create work instructions. And we have applications that can really do that in one place for all the different machines, for all the different lines, and even for multiple sites. So some of our customers did it for the whole line, bigger ones did it for the whole factory, and the really big ones did it for the whole enterprise, creating like a competence center, which sits somewhere at home, at the location, with less, let's say, COVID implications and doing this for all of the production sites globally. And STI is really a great example. We have a very nice success story. It's a European manufacturer who decided based in the Benelux, not to stop now and, and, and halt everything because, okay, it's COVID, who knows what's going to happen. But, you know, on the contrary, they said, this is the great time to go and digitalize. We know we need it. We also have a little bit time to breathe now because of the uncertainty and we want to be ready. So when, you know, everybody goes back to to full production, we'll be even better. And we implemented this solution there, and it really works very nice. The other thing we did, and we have a very nice success story there with ScanFill, which is really a tier one contract manufacturer with global operations. And there we really spent a big effort to get real-time data collection from the shop floor, understand what's happening around material availability, the quality, so we can react faster. When you add batches of, let's say, 10,000 products, okay, you could take some time to fine-tune your process. You could like, take it, you know, 100, 200 of the 10,000 PCBs you would chuck away. But if the whole batch is 100, you can't dedicate 10 PCBs, which is 10% of the batch, to getting your process under control. You maybe have one or two units, so you really need to get very fast, data from the production lines so you can really make fast decisions and if you started great but suddenly something's happened and the process has gone out of control you've got to stop it because if you don't stop it half of the batch can go bad So we really did something very nice there in digitalizing this. And also, you know, these are not state-of-the-art machines. These are machines which have been around for maybe a decade, but we can still connect to them, get the data, and really digitalize the production lines and give global awareness to what's happening in real time on the production floor.
0: I see. That's really interesting. Now, I would like to focus more on the supply chain. So... What would you say, which of the solution is a real game changer in supporting production lines?
1: I mean, we all know that in electronics, the primary cost are the components, right? If you look at an iPhone, for example, it's like 85% of the, the cost of the iPhone are the actual components. The workmanship and the actual building the iPhone is a very small percentage. Anything we can do to optimize the way the material is used has a very big impact on our profitability and therefore has a very good ROI. And of course, you know, anything we can do to reduce inventory is great. We all know that having excess inventory looks bad on our reporting books, right? From an accounting perspective, but we also need real estate and a lot of our customers you know they built a factory 30 years ago outside of the city but now the city is all around them and real estate is very expensive and they just cannot buy right more space in their location so they they have to do that and that's why i think really everything around intraplant logistics about optimizing the way material flows inside the factory from the different storage areas to the consumption areas whether it's machines robots people anything you do there to optimize that has a very big effect and is probably you know one thing that we are a leader in and really our customers say that as well and unfortunately today ERP doesn't really have a visibility there i mean once it's dispatched from the warehouse ERP loses connection the next time it hears about it is when the um, production is completed and you know the unit is scanned and put on the truck it really doesn't know what's happening to that component in between now if we, you know where it is, you know that you shouldn't order more material because you never used the material you dispatched because there was a stop on the line, the worker was late, there was a, you know, a production halt because an, there was an electricity failure. Who knows? We can really bring a lot of visibility to that. And Roy, which is a, a customer that really implemented this, when you listen to the Roy success story, and Roy, again, you know, a leading electronic manufacturer in Biela, in Northern Italy, where real estate is expensive and where people are expensive, understood that the number one stoppage of the production line is that the material doesn't reach the machine at the right time. They really implemented this system in order to make sure that that's not why they stop production and lose money. Now, we've also announced, Siemens has announced about three months ago, the acquisition of supply frame. And SupplyFrame is really a global leader in design-to-source intelligent software. Now, this is a real game-changer. SupplyFrame know for each component what's its availability, where can you source it from, what price are you going to pay, should you buy it, is it close to end-of-life, but they lack a lot of the real-time data coming from the production lines regarding quality, regarding availability on the shop floor. When now we're going to take these two data sets and merge them, this is going to be a really unique solution. And I think our customers really have, you know, things to look forward because as we bring these two data sets together, it's going to be a real game changer.
0: Looks like Siemens is providing some great promises for the future. As we are near the end of this episode, do you want to share anything
1: with our listeners? I mean, I really think that one thing we can, uh, we can talk about that, uh, you know, especially now is digitalization and digitalizing the factory sounds very scary, right? It sounds like a very expensive, a very ambitious project, which is going to take years to implement and has a good chances of, of failing. But digitalization can also be done one step at a time. You don't have to think of it only as a mega project with, you know, millions of euros invested in it. You can also think of something that starts very small and scales up slowly, but surely. We can start from the pre-production and the engineering, like we spoke now, and digitalize that. We can also decide, you know, we are in a very high mixed environment. Let's start by digitalizing the planning and scheduling. And Siemens has great solutions for planning and scheduling of the electronics factory, including the SMT lines, the box build lines, the full system assembly. We can decide to say, let's leave all of that. Let's go with creating the digital twin of the actual manufacturing. Let's collect data in real time and visualize that data. You don't have to start with an MES to do that. You can keep your MES on the production lines. You can decide to start collecting a lot of quality data from the machines, not only the pass-fail, but also the actual measurements. Start building this into a big data warehouse and create reports to understand how are you manufacturing, how are your KPIs, how is your DPMO, how is your first-pass yield, How is your overall equipment efficiency? And start to benchmark between the production lines and between even sites. So really, I think we're very flexible in how we can go ahead and do that. And we can really sit together, look at the current challenges, look at the key areas and come together with the best kind of process to do that. And that's what I, what I suggest. We can really, you know, kind of tailor the suit for the specific customer and work together. And as we get credibility and as we show results, take more and more steps into becoming the real digital factory of the future.
0: Great. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you for taking the time to discuss such a fascinating topic on the global pandemic and how the digitalization is helping electronic manufacturers to produce more at lower costs. So we are really looking forward to discussing the electronics trends with you within the next podcast episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, click the subscribe button and leave us a review and rating to help us spread the message of these extraordinary visionaries. We have recorded over 10 episodes and we want to bring you more exciting content just like this. In the meantime, we will be working hard and putting together episodes for your auditory pleasure. Also, for further information, you can visit us online at siemens.com and use the contact section to reach out to us. This is the voice of smart digital manufacturing. And I hope you will join us again for our next podcast episode.